What's going on with Freeman Revolutionary Lifestyles.com talking to you today about why you shouldn't worry about retirement, what to do instead, and a post-virus financial game plan. This is the one that I'm working with. This is the one that I'm giving my personal coaching clients, Revolutionary Lifestyles.com forward slash coaching to join my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And the idea of this video came to me about one of my clients who's in his early 40s. Um, he doesn't have a ton of cash in the bank. But he's got um, a lot in his house and, and, and we're looking to sell the condo and looking to move him over to Southeast Asia. And he's bullish on the idea. He likes the idea. Um, you know, we're working on his income, working on all different types of things. And it's going quite well. Um, but one of his last kind of fears was what to do about retirement. You know, if he stays in his high tax country, he gets these certain... Potential benefits when you get older. Um, the first thing I told them is that's not going to exist when we're retiring. Social Security, Medicaid, um, whatever you guys think that you've been paying into is probably not is already bankrupt. Um, it's not going to exist. It can exist, um, and you have no idea. Maybe there'll be some new pro uh, programs, but you have no idea how much you'll get in those new uh, programs if you'll get anything. And that's if your country has, um, you know, been financially successful and, and, and avoided wars and stuff in the next 30, 40 years. If you're an American, uh, I, I don't even know if that's, that's you know, going to be something that you can say. So you're basically saying like, OK, I, I, I'm worried about the security that I have because I feel secure if I pay into these 401k and to this, you know, whatever it is that you're paying into. But that's basically based on like a promise from a Western government that's in a lot of debt and running a budget deficit that they're you're expecting them to repay like in 40 years from now or 50 years from now, depending on how young you are, when like the people who are in power right now probably won't even be alive. I mean, think how little they care about actually repaying that to you right now. Because mostly what you're paying for right now is, is you're paying into these programs and that's going directly to people who are living on the pensions and benefits now. Okay, this world that we're living in is not your father's world where you work one job your whole life, you get a gold watch, you retire, you get a pension. That was like a brief period in history where that works in America. But I am not going to bet on the government taking care of me when I'm 70. and I'm not going to make that whatsoever a major part of my decision on where I'm going to live. So that's the first thing. Okay. You don't have, you don't have that security um, from your, you cannot count on that security from the government when you're old. You cannot count on the government doing anything for you. Okay. And you shouldn't. Um, number two, uh, just take retirement off the table because to me, retirement's death. Um, I could sit on the beach for years and not do anything and live semi-retired. I'm bored in about two hours on the beach, okay? I'm going to be working forever, being productive so that I don't feel like a parasite, so that I feel like I'm contributing and, and living my mission and fulfilling my, the potential that God gave me and trying to help people and just because, you know, I enjoy it. So take retirement off the table. Retirement's death. You do not want to retire. Um, retirement's for people who hate their jobs, okay? I worked with a guy who was a... Um, in a public service job, I think he was a fireman, but he transitioned into this, instead of active duty, this, this other place where they basically just um, monitored things. And, and, and every guy there in his 30s or 40s was talking about retirement and buying a boat and cruising. And like, 
like you 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 want to retire when you hate what you're doing, but you don't see the guys like Grant Cardone and Warren Buffett trying to retire because they're tap dancing to work because they love what they're doing because they own a business and it's inspiring and all these different things. So, like if if you're in a business that you really want to retire from or a job that you want to retire from, like you're in the wrong vehicle. So just forget about retirement. Okay. Thirdly, um, it's, it's not even just like not depending on the government, but we don't even know what the currency is going to look like when we retire. Is it going to be crypto? Is it going to be digital one? Is it going to be some t- type of energy credit? Like we move beyond currencies. Um, this is what some people in the World Economic Forum are proposing now, like to do that in the next couple years, um, which, which is certainly unsettling. What what is that going to look like? I have no idea, but I'm I'm telling you, we we're living in the fastest like technological revolution of any generation of all time, and it's accelerating at like breakneck speeds. And there's no way I'm going to be sitting there thinking like, oh yeah, I'm just going to have these these dollars waiting for me in my social insurance or whatever it is that aren't massively, you know, whatever it is is there's you know currency is going to be inflated and depreciated. Um, there's just no way. Okay. Uh, so, so, so the only plan you should have is not retire and get rich, like aim to get rich in the next 10 years. If you're not already rich, some of my clients are already multimillionaires. Some of my clients are worth 500 to a million. Some of them are, are younger guys starting out. And, and my first goal is to get them to stack hundred K that's the first level of affluence. So if you have less than hundred K net worth, your first and like primary financial goals should just be like stacking that getting 100k net worth and and hitting that first level of affluence okay um so plan on getting rich plan on taking care of yourself plan on not the government's not going to take care of you um your wife or girlfriend's not going to take care of you you know your parents might leave you something but chances are you're going to have to be taking care of them when you get older and you know in my opinion it's hard to live a good lifestyle, a comfortable lifestyle, unless you are not, when you're not in the 1%. Totally unfair. It's ugly. I mean, there's more problems with the system than I could even count. I don't have any solutions. The only solution I have is personal solutions for you. Aim to get in the 1%. Okay, from that 100K, aim, aim for that a mil net worth. And that's the game plan. Okay, so fuck retiring. Right. Uh, Warren Buffett's not worried about his 401k. Neither is anyone in that Fortune 500. Neither are all the just, you know, single digit millionaires out there. They're not they're not trying to get in on that. They're, they're trying to get wealthy through their business and then have their investments pay for their retirement or continue to own the business and, and get a check for it where someone else runs it. OK, that's what that's what people in the one percent do. That's what you should do. All right. So um, here's, here's the game plan that I, that I put forth post-virus, okay? Post this virus that changed the whole world. It's, it's going to be quite similar to what I've been telling you guys for years. Um, get that high margin business going, okay? Except now instead of saying like online income is an option, online income is mandatory. If not, your full business should be online. Got to have it. Just assume offline income is going to get interrupted um, with more lockdowns coming. And it's going to disrupt industries in a major way. Got to have that online income, high margin um, service business. 
ideally high ticket to start. You can go lower ticket as you get bigger and go on volume. I mean, I've seen Dan Locke and Grant Cardone do that. You know, they, they started high ticket, and then when you reach a certain amount of people, you can do it on volume. I'm going to be doing a bit more on volume when I launch my course, How to Play the Game of Life. But ultimately, you start high ticket. Um, and then what you do, and this was a big mistake that I didn't do, was, was you create a compounding flywheel and um, dump earnings back into it to compound. Okay? So basically, what I should have done was I should have done this course years ago and advertised and tried to get like, you know, for every dollar I put into Facebook or Google ads, two to three dollars out and then compound that every single day and keep dumping 30% of what I made back into that instead of just like pulling the cash out and stacking it. Like I did well in a lot of ways in, in high margins. I did well by moving outside of Canada significantly, you know, reducing my my tax bill because being a non legally a non-resident of Canada, moving to countries where you know, the cost of living is 20% of what it was before. Savings, I'm pretty good at that, stacking most of my income and savings. But I didn't build that compound interest flywheel within my business. And that was the worst mis- the worst financial mistake I've made in this decade, in my 30s. Dumb. So don't do that, okay? Um, you want to be saving like 20% of your money, and then you want to be putting like 30% or more back into the business not just in into the business in general, but within the business, you want to create like a flywheel for that. Like I could advertise into coaching, but I'm already like near the max of what I want to be dealing with in terms of people. So I need, need a flywheel that can scale. That's why it's going to be this course from the group coaching. Okay. So you need that. You need to create that flywheel within your business where you can get the one to three X on that and then just power back that money into the business to compound it. Um, and that's going to murder inflation for you not and, and appreciation and anything you can get from the markets. We're talking about thousands and thousands of percents return per year on these high margin businesses. Um, and then with your savings, you know, let's say you're saving 20% uh, of what you make. Um, you're aiming for a hundred grand or more in runway. And... Basically, that's that's there for runway to help pad your business for emergencies, for, you know, buying things. Um, you know, definitely during this virus, I bet a, a lot of people wished that they'd saved a lot more money. Okay, that should tell you that you should never be without money that you can access quickly. That does not include your money in a house, okay, because you cannot access that quickly. If there's a lockdown, you are fucked, okay? If you have a million dollars, it doesn't matter. Same thing if, you, if you've got a million dollars in gold bars you can't sell those during a lockdown and you can only sell a certain amount of those even even without a lockdown i don't know it's quite unwieldy so you should always have a certain amount that you can get after in case you need it okay and i think that minimum is like 100k um but now the name of the game with savings is is i'm trying to read off my computer here is wealth protection Okay, so so I'm currently recommending the kitchen sink strategy minus property. This is post-virus, okay? And I'm talking, I'm saying minus property. I'm going to get to that at the end of this video. Property is when you're already wealthy, at least in the strategy that I'm talking about right now. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're building a big, we're building a big hedge here, okay? And that hedge is, is, is about... Uh, currencies, 
um, commodities, and a little bit of crypto. I hate crypto. I hate commodities. And I just hate any type of investment because I don't, I don't know where it's going. My business, I can calculate with mathematical precision. Um, that's why I don't know what's going on with these currencies. I don't know if the U.S. is going to go into hyperinflation. I've heard rumors that they're going to release a digital dollar, which is going to be tied to the Federal Reserve. I've heard rumors that China is going to release a digital yuan, which they are going to try and float as a world's reserve currency. Um, there's guys who think we're going back to a gold standard. There's guys who think crypto or one of the coins is going to take over as the primary payment system for the world. I don't think so because unless it's unless the government who, governments who control all the guns approve that, probably not going to happen. Um, or you know, do we move into sort of multiple currency scenarios where it's Facebook and Google and JP Morgan have their own crypto? And I've got no idea. Um, total uncertainty here. So here's what I'm doing because my main fear is the US dollar hyperinflation. That's my main fear right now. And the chart to watch is the US dollar index chart. That is the US dollar compared to euros, um, Canadian dollars, Japanese yen. Swedish kroner and a couple of these other things. So instead of doing what Peter Schiff says, which is just buy gold as a hedge against US dollar, it, it is not a perfect hedge. It does not move uh, with perfect inverse correlation to the US dollar at all. So the hedge is, we're comparing the US dollar to these other currencies, just buy the other fucking currencies, okay? I'm buying Euro, I'm buying British pound, I'm buying yen, uh, I own a lot of Canadian dollars. The bulk of my money's in Canadian dollars because I'm Canadian. I own Georgian Lari. I own Thai Bot. And all of that money I can spend as well. That's the cool thing about buying currencies. I can spend it and hopefully I'm building a nice hedge there. Um, I'm considering buying some physical gold. I hate the idea. Uh, I might set up something with Europac. Um, I hate the idea of, of owning something that I can't see or check in online. I might buy digital gold as well on, on an ETF. I don't know. Um, I'm buying a little bit of Bitcoin every week. I hate Bitcoin. You guys know what I think about crypto. I'm just building a hedge. Okay, I'm just building a hedge. And it's it's the phrase, throw everything in the kitchen sink at it. So that's what I'm doing. Because I don't know where things are going. And I'm just trying to protect the value of what I have in the case of some hyperinflation scenarios. Um, that, that I believe to be a, a real possibility. It could go the other way. It could go, um, if the U.S. chooses austerity, it could go into a Great Depression instead of a money printing situation. And uh, def uh, during the last Great Depression was actually deflationary, which, which means that the U.S. dollar would go up, which would actually be good for me or for expats who don't use, who don't live in America. Um, but who use the, the U.S. dollars as a storage of wealth and, and charging in U.S. dollars. Not good for the American people. Either way, it's probably not going to be very good. What, what, whatever's going to happen in the next five years is probably not going to be very good in America. Um, the other thing that I have to consider is, sorry, is, is what I'm going to be charging in in the future. For now, I'm charging in U.S. dollars. I don't know if it's euros in the future, but I'm sure that that will be figured out um, you know, just, just in general, you'll, you'll see it across the marketplace. If, if the U S goes into hyperinflation, you know, online entrepreneurs will probably be trust, uh, start charging in something else. And it'll probably be kind of standardized just like it is now. People are either charging in USD like I do or euros. 
Um, that's, you know, less, less of a problem for me. Although I don't like the idea of losing this sweet arbitrage that I have by being able to charge in a USD and the USD being quite strong. So I guess I'd have to be charging in, you know, keeping pace with inflation or I don't know. It's, 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 it's a problem, but it's not one that I'm too worried about um, because I feel like there's going to be enough guys who have their shit together who are going to pay for, um, you know, good coaching and a good course and all that stuff. It's more about protecting, protecting the wealth that I have now. Um, and as I said, I'm doing, I'm doing all the strategies that I'm talking about here. So, um, we've got the wealth protection. So as you're scaling, investing, saving, and hedging, you should also work to optimize your taxes, um, either shielding them in an LLC or reinvesting, okay? This is something that I've done. I moved out of Canada into, uh, first it was Thailand as a, as a resident there and, and then in, in Georgia now. Um, and as, as a Canadian citizen, when you are a resident and you can prove that of another country, it takes spent a lot of money uh, making sure I did that properly. You're not liable for Canadian taxes. Um, same for Australia and certain European countries. That is a major game changer because you get both your expenses down by living in these, these cheaper second and third world countries and reducing your tax bill on a massive level um, is, is huge for generating wealth. And guys, the West is going down. If you can't see it, wake the fuck up. I mean... You should be out. You should be looking to get out right now. If I was in North America, you should be probably looking to Southeast Asia. That's what I would be thinking. If I, if I were you, and I've got a lot of my clients and friends over there already. Um, my clients wanted to be out there. I'm hopefully looking to be out there in in January, February, if, if COVID um, um, abates and and the lockdowns abates and. Um, I'm dating someone here. It'd be great if she could come with me. Don't know what, what that's going to look like, but, it, but that would be the ideal. Also ideal. I'd like to get my mom out to Southeast Asia permanently because that's a situation where you don't want to be locked down away from your parents. But that's where I think the future is. China is going to be number one, if not already. You don't want to live in China, but you want to live next to them because all those countries are going to be getting a ton of money from China already are getting a ton of money from China. And they're going up. North America's going down. That's the way it is. Okay. And if you can't see that, just turn on the TV and look at what's going on in America. You might not like it, but that's the reality. So you should seriously consider doing whatever you can to, to minimize your tax bill. If and up to leaving your high-tax Western country. Now, if you're an American, you're not going to be able to get tax residency somewhere else and, and not have to file. You're going to have to file and they, they have the power to, to get after you all around the world. And of course, guys, you want to do everything legally, but you do get a $100,000 FEIE exemption. That's the foreign earned income exemption, I think. And so you, you don't have to pay taxes on that first 100K, which, which means a lot. You know, that's, that's a good amount of money, especially if you're just starting out. The other option is, is I'm not an expert on, on American tax law. You'd have to uh, talk to somebody like Andrew from Nomad Capitalist, but Puerto Rico, um, if you if you 
move your residency to Puerto Rico. Now, you have to actually live in Puerto Rico. You can't just say um, that you're over there. They'll bust you for that. You have to actually have to move to Puerto Rico. Uh, a lot of wealthy guys have done that. I think I saw Jason Capital has done that, and, and uh, Kevin Nations was talking about doing that. If you don't know who Kevin Nations is, he's the guy who started the high-ticket sales online before Dan Locke. Um, he's the guy that a lot of guys took their game from. Sam Ovens was a member of his deal. I think he's great. I think he only has a Facebook page, but he's awesome. And Puerto Rico's an option. But, I mean, I wouldn't do that unless you're already wealthy. If you're, like, in your 40s and you're wealthy and you're paying 40% in New York and Florida or Texas is enough of a savings for you, Puerto Rico's an option. So reducing that tax bill is big, Okay. Um, and this one is a bit, I've got two more. Okay. I think we're on number five here. This is, this is again, not for young guys, not for guys starting out. It's, it's build a crew within base one. So like you got to figure out where your base one is going to be. If it's Southeast Asia, is it the Philippines? Is it, is it Bangkok? Is it Indonesia? And then you got to put your crew together. But if you're just starting out and you're not already wealthy, don't even waste your time. Okay. Don't even waste your time because you're, you're going to need to do so much stuff just to get wealthy before you can do this. And most people just aren't going anywhere. Um, and, and if you have an online business, it certainly helps if you have a mouthpiece. With that said, if you are, um, the other option is to join my crew. I'm looking to get that set up within the next year. It's become a need instead of a want post-COVID. Okay, Being locked down by yourself, some random ass city. I was, I was here in Tbilisi. That's, that's not happening to me again. Because my boys had gone back to um, Asia and Australia during the winter. I stayed it out with my ex-girlfriend. And uh, ended up getting locked down here. Which was not ideal. Um, not only that, but communities in need just for like... Um, exchanging ideas, working together. Um, energy, state. But... Primarily, you want a bunch of guys in the same city as you who are wealthy and go-getters, and you know you're tied in. You're tied into the right lawyer. You've got the right people to talk to. If if and Southeast Asia, you need those kind of connections. You're strategizing together on what to do for the next 30, 40 years financially. You're using each other as clients for different services, or or putting each other in touch with your friends. Um, this is a massive, massive move. And post-virus, this is a necessity as far as I'm concerned. You do not want to be walking into this this crazy, like, unpredictable landscape by yourself. Don't do it right away. Wait till you've, you've got your shit together and then find other guys who've got their shit together. And ideally, if you have a mouthpiece like I do, that makes it a lot easier. I've got a lot of clients who want to come out. Um, I'm hoping to have, I don't know, 15... 15 killers in my city next year. Um, so if you're interested in that, you know, you might be a good fit. I mean, one, probably the best way will be to, to pick up my course when it comes out. It's going to be, I think, a monthly subscription. And, you know, guys are going to actually get vetted to be in there, right? I'm not, I'm not going to sell that to everybody. Um, I'm building that network online and offline. Um and another way would be to, to, to become a client. You know, I've met a decent amount of my clients in person. 
Um, I consider some of my clients close friends. I'm, I'm doing business or will be doing business with a few of my clients. And um, a lot of guys that, I, that I've mentored are, are, are behind the idea for, for getting that community together. Uh, I think it's a kind of going to be a combination of villa living with some, some breaks to the, to the big cities as well as um, mountain living like Chiang Mai, Hua Huin, Bangkok, um, whether it's Thailand or Philippines or Indonesia, I don't know. And then maybe summer in Europe, uh, Italy, Greece, um, Georgia. Although who knows? I think the whole, and I'm going to do a video on this, the whole old, old school like flag theory thing might be done after COVID. I'm thinking like it, from now on it's a base one situation with maybe a light base two. But then you don't want to be in Europe and get locked down when you live in Bangkok. So maybe a cautious base two. But mostly for the next five years, I'm looking at like base one with maybe a base two. That whole digital nomad thing is fucking done. Okay. And I was telling you not to do that in the first place anyways. That's stupid. Right. If you're really building a business, you got to stay in one place. So community, man. Not just for, for mental health and fun, but for strategies on, on how to play this thing in the future um especially if you're living outside of your home country and lastly i want to talk about real estate okay i stand by those articles and videos i did a while back on on why you shouldn't buy a house okay and why you shouldn't invest in real estate for most guys but this is when you're already wealthy okay that's why i'm putting this at the end this is when you're already wealthy and and that's why that's the at the end of this game plan and the reason I'm talking about real estate is because of a few things. It's, it's currency uncertainty plus my lack of confidence in digital financial instruments. I was a trader. Um, I'm never going to put my savings into stocks. Never, ever. And, and I made a lot of money as a day trader. Okay, You can read the articles. So it's not sour grapes. I just am not going to give my money to Wall Street and companies I know nothing about. Um especially at the, when, when it's at the whims of, of a market. Um, plus, uh, even non-inflation adjusted charts of the USD, right? Like, like, like even when you just look at the, the, the chart that's not adjusted for inflation of, of the USD, it's like, you know, the currency is depreciated 70% over the last 20 years, okay? So even if you have a great hedge and you have a great business, for you to dump money back into there might be a limit of how much you can dump into your business okay so you take the rest out that that, that hedge is you know might keep pace with inflation but but ideally ideally i want something physical um i want something that exists in the physical reality uh i want something that gives me monthly cash flow um I might use a little bit of debt shielded in a corporate structure, not as much as Grant Cardone. But I think I think when you have that excess amount of money that you can't dump back into the business and you know you've got your sort of cash hedged and protected, you want to start buying that hard asset that 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 like real estate Asian people love real estate. That's what I realized living in Southeast Asia because they've they don't trust their government. Um, in Thailand, they've been through that crash in 1999 where, where the 
uh, the Asian tiger economies blew up and they were left holding the bag with a massively inflated currency. Like, like if I go to the ATM in Thailand and I'm looking to take out like a thousand dollars for like cash spending money, cause it's, it's a cash heavy country for that month. I'm taking out 30,000 baht, you know, if I'm, if I'm at the Seven Eleven, I'm paying in 200 baht, you know, notes or whatever for, for the, the chocolate or whatever cheap, cheap things on, on my diet that I'm buying. Um, and, and that, a lot of that, you know, bot was their, do- is their dollar is the equivalent to their dollar. A lot of that inflation came from that period in 1999 where people lost, you know, I don't know, 60% of their savings because the, the central bank, uh, hyperinflated the currency. So Thai people treat, and a lot of Asian people, Chinese people treat, uh, condos and things like that as, as bank accounts because um, they don't trust they don't trust the banks uh, and there's something to be said about that in in this new normal that we're living in of of massive uncertainty so but I like the idea of not doing that like uh, my friend Andrew has has houses all over the world and uh, is, is from nomad capitalist he's doing very well. Um, but, but post COVID, I think, I think you want, I think you want it all in base one. Like, let's say you're in, in Thailand and you create a corporate structure that allows you to invest as a foreigner. And Thailand might not be the best country because you might have to have Thai people on that corporation. Although I've heard there's ways that if you're big enough, you you can, you can own that outright through the right, uh, structure, but don't quote me on that. Although I do think that over time that, 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 um, Asian countries will allow foreigners to own own property outright, even if it is through a, a corporate structure. But you want to start um, getting those physical assets, I think, that have inherent value that you can live in, that pay you money every month. Um, I'm in agreement now with, with Grant Cardone that if you're wealthy, cash is trash. It's about cash flow. If you're poor, cash is very... Very important having cash, okay. Um, having a hundred k to a million available to use is, is important. Um, and and the real estate's something physical. You can live in it if if things go wrong. Uh, hopefully, it appreciates on top of that. Um, but not to your wealthy. And I wouldn't do it nearly like like GC does with all that debt. You know, I'd want to be putting like twenty percent or thirty percent on it in a low interest rate scenario. And ideally, ideally, I'd want to be JVing with my guys in my city. If I've got five, 10 to 15 killers and, and, you know, we're all in the same city with our girlfriends and our wives and our kids or whatever the deal is. Don't get legally married, by the way. Um, I'm just saying, you know, I'd like to be able to go in with them on some property. My buddy Ryan um, is building his empire out in Thailand right now. I think he has a hundred units on Airbnb and Agoda and all the stuff that he's managing. So I'd want somebody like him to, to do the scouting and, um, you know, we, we could avoid having to go through the banks for a lot of it. Um, if we've got the right guys, you know, each guy's putting 15% down on a, on a property and then renting that out and having somebody like Ryan manage it, uh, two Thai people or two locals, uh, he's pivoted. Okay, he, he he's pivoted from um, advertising primarily to foreigners to advertising to locals, and he's surviving and thriving in an Airbnb and uh, property rental 
and management business by catering to locals. Okay. That's why I'm saying, guys, like this is about, it's about base one now. That whole five flags is 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 kind of in question. Not 100%, but I'm saying like you kind of want, want to start thinking base one. And ideally, if you're getting property, you've got citizenship or at least permanent residency and you feel like you can, you know, that's a country that, that cares about your rights as a foreigner. Do you know what I'm saying? Before you start building that up. Um, or maybe you start building it up across a different, you know, a bunch of countries in Southeast Asia. Like, uh, what's his name? Reed uh, Kirschenbauer. I forget, in the, the Invest Asia guy. Um, but I, I think maybe base one, but, but I think that's after you're wealthy. And ideally, you've got a crew of guys to JV. Um, but I'll keep you posted, man, because I'm going to be doing videos for the next 10 to 15 years so you see how it, how it turns out. But I've been thinking more and more about that, and I think Grant's right. But once you're wealthy, okay, once you're wealthy. Um, you know, until then, like, don't worry about cash sitting in the bank for the next two years, you know, as long as you have it hedged, as long as you have it hedged against us hyperinflation, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You know, it's, it's, it's more about cash sitting in the bank for 20 or 30 years, you know, um, or, 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 you know, having that sense of like all your money being digital as opposed to like owning something physical is, is uncomfortable. So that's something to consider. Um, but real estate's not to your wealthy until you're wealthy. It's high margin business reinvesting in a compounding flywheel within that business that's scalable, um, saving runway slash a cash cushion slash emergency money protecting that savings with a broad kitchen hit, uh, sink hedge. Base one only, maybe a light base two for the expat entrepreneur. Um, and then potentially look into build a crew and get into properties within, within your base one. Not thrilled with the idea of owning a ton of properties in, in, in countries where you're not a citizen or you don't have permanent residency and, and you know, if there's going to be more lockdowns, which there are, where you can't even access your properties, that would make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I hope that long-winded uh, 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 video today got the message through um, about what I think you should do. And, you know, I think you should just go balls to the walls, man. If you're trying to scrimp and scrounge for your retirement, it's not going to be pretty, man. This is an uncertain, chaotic time, which means you got to go on offense. you got to get wealthy. you got to aim for the 1%. Um, you have to know a lot of different things. You have to be on point. And, but when you do all that, you can live better than our ancestors ever did. That's for sure. If you need help with that, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. Or wait for my course that's coming out, hopefully within the next five to six months. Um, I appreciate you. Um, who knows, man? I might I might have a few of you guys in my uh, offline community in, in the future too, and we'll be uh, planning this stuff out together. Either way, much love to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're keeping your head up. Um, keep going hard. Don't let fear get in your way. Uh, don't aim small like some middle-class retirement because it's not even going to be there for you. Aim for the 1%. Um, God bless you. Thank you for your time.